Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. Just know that this messy middle, no matter what age or what point in your entrepreneurial journey you have it, there is so much depth and knowledge that comes from your stories and your experiences. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Let's face it, there are a dozen reasons you might follow someone on social media. They inspire or entertain you. They're always wearing the cutest outfits or they have a Pinterest-worthy home. Their adventures around the world excite you or they show up to serve and educate whoever scrolls by. I follow Glow Autonomo for every single one of those reasons. Glow started the blog abroad to document her journey as a solo female traveler, and through it all, she's become an incredible educator on more than just the topic of travel. She lifts the weight off heavy topics and answers the questions we're quietly asking from the other side of our phone screens, all within the powerful squares of the Glow Graphics Instagram feed. I am so excited to learn about her entrepreneurial journey, her travels abroad, the transition she's navigating in her business and in her life, and one hot topic that I'm eager to hash out with her. Is a business built on passion actually sustainable? It is a true honor to have her showing up on the show for us all today. Here she is, Glow Atonmo. Thanks to Purple for supporting the Gold Digger podcast. Your Purple mattress really is comfort for an uncomfortable world. Get 10% off any order of $200 or more at purple.com slash golddigger10. Promo code golddigger10. Terms apply. Thanks to Acorn TV for supporting the Gold Digger podcast. Acorn TV is a streaming service rooted in British television that offers exclusive award-winning mysteries, dramas, comedies, and more. To try the service out and get your first 30 days free, go to acorn.tv and use the promo code Gold Digger. 
Oh my goodness, Glow, it is about time that you made your appearance on the Gold Digger podcast. So welcome to the show. I'm here. What's you up? Have. I am just so excited to get this chance to ask you all the questions. And I'm just so excited for where this conversation will lead. So I feel like everyone has to know you and we'll talk about all that has happened in the last year. But I want to know... Where in your journey was that transformational moment? I feel like we all have these like pinpoint moments that create that chasm of before and after. And so walk me through what that moment or those moments were for you in your journey. Oh, such a good question. Because when I look back, I've been doing digital media for 20 years and I feel like there were so many times and moments where I was like, oh, okay, I know I'm different, but this different is good. All my childhood, I always felt isolated by my differences, but my differences turned me into an entrepreneur. But I remember being 11 years old and in Mr. Miranda's class, we had career day and a bunch of my classmates and us were just like, okay, he has a bunch of flashcards at the front of the room and he has like firefighter and doctor and engineer and librarian, all of these options, like 30 options of what we could do for a living. And everyone rushes and like, they're like grabbing cards, stealing them from each other. Like, I want that. No, I want to be the nurse. And so I get to the front of the desk and I'm like waiting for the card to speak to me. Like I'm a visionary. I'm an Aries. I'm an ENFJA. We like need to be called. We need to feel led. So I'm like, okay, like waiting for my heart to skip a beat. And I literally flatline. I'm just like, none of these excite me. Like what's wrong with me? So being the rebel, hashtag entrepreneur that I am, went back to my desk, didn't think anything of it, but my last name starts with an A. And so he calls me first, like Gloria, stand up and read your card. And I'm like, mm, well, I didn't pick one because I didn't like my options. And he's like, we'll stay after class. And all of my classmates were like, ooh. And I'm like, um. I say after class, and he tells me, go home and look up the word entrepreneur at 11 years old. The power of teachers, for him to know that at 11 years old, there is something different about this one. And again, my differences isolated me. I felt so alone. I felt so weird. I'm like, why can't I relate to everyone? Why is everyone so excited and sure and secure about what they're going to do for the rest of their lives? 80, 90, 100 years. And I was like, what, what, what? He gave me that word, which gave me ownership and belonging. I went home and I was like, whoa, entrepreneurship? entrepreneur. And I remember in my room just being like, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, (laughs) just like saying this to myself. But like, that was the moment. And throughout elementary school, high school, college, I just remember like every time I felt isolated by my differences, I'm like, oh, well, because you're an entrepreneur. So. (laughs) Wow. Have you ever told him the story? Like, is he still with us that you could tell him what you're doing now? I have flown back to that city, Union City, California. I have tried to search him through email, like email directory. I've contacted the school because I've shared the story so many places. I cannot find him. I think he lives in another country. I hope he listens to the Gold Digger podcast. Mr. Miranda, where are you? I've been trying to tell him the story for like five years, but yeah, he's been a blessing. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So since you've been clothed in that title from such a long age, which is such a blessing and just so cool... I want to know how has your identity or the way that you describe yourself shifted from, you know, life even five years ago? Oh, that's so tough. So I did, I was a full-time travel blogger for like the last seven and a half, eight years. And for a long time, 
travel blogging was my identity. And yeah. if you're multi-hyphenate, multi-passionate, which you are, Jenna, and for anyone listening, when you have so many hats that you wear, sometimes labels are either like a blessing or a curse. Because depending yeah. on the room, depending on the conversation, depending on the context, you're like, oh, well, today I'm a graphic designer. Oh, well, today I'm a blogger. Oh, well, this day I'm a business owner. I'm an online educator. <laughs> and I think at 25, I've really felt the pressure to like lean into like one lane. I was like, Glow, if you are trying to build a legacy, if you are trying to be known, you need to really fine tune your identity in one industry. That's so, so I thought, you know, so five years ago I was like, okay, Glow, do this thing and do it really well. So travel blogging was my thing. I was like, I'm going to be the best travel blogger out there. I'm going to take the best photos, wear the prettiest dresses, have the nicest hair, (laughs) toxic Instagram, you know, mentality. But what that did is it allowed me to get really good at just one thing. And once I was like, I felt like I reached the top of the travel blogging platform where it's like, you know, you can only earn so much after, you know, so long and all of the articles and top 10 travel bloggers to follow, like they were recycled. And I'd seen my name on enough of those to feel like, okay, this is enough. What's next? I was like, there's gotta be another lane. I, it's like you reach the peak of a mountain. You don't just stay there. You gotta humble yourself climb back down and find another mountain to climb. And that's what I did. (laughs) So where did you go from there to now? Because so much has transformed, not just in the way you show up, but also just internally through your own journey. So what did you do? What did it look like? Yeah. Well, for me, I remember being in Jamaica when I first started making six figures from my blog. And I thought that goal was so far-fetched to me because I'd been living below the poverty line till 27. So six figures was like, it was one of those lofty goals where you don't say it out too loud because you're like, well, it doesn't happen. No one knew. (laughs) But it was like, that was like my main goal. And once I hit it and didn't feel that joy, pride, whatever I was supposed to feel, I was like, what am I, what did I miss? Where did I go wrong? Mm -hmm. Because I thought, a six-figure blog, like I thought that was all I needed to reach in order to find my happiness. And that's when I went through another, like I go through them regularly where I'm just in that messy middle transition mm-hmm. where I'm like, there's got to be more than this. And so I realized I had landed these five-figure gigs and later on six-figure jobs. And it was amazing traveling the world, luxury resorts. Like I had done all of this stuff for myself. What was I doing yeah. for others? What was I giving back? How was I helping other people? And I realized I had built up this name for me, but what was I doing for my community? And that's when I realized, Glow, the real fulfillment, the legacy, that comes in giving back and serving others. So that's when I went on that journey of like, okay, what do I do? I got to teach this. Everything that I know, how do I put it out there? Hiring Richard as my coach, but literally starting a course, starting a community, doing retreats, starting a mastermind, doing mentorship. I was just like, how many ways can I serve people? And my word for that year was service and surprise. I wanted to surprise myself for all the ways that I could serve other people. And I literally, I mean, I 10 times my income, literally giving back. So for people who are like, oh, well, I just want to make a name for myself or I just want to be famous or whatever you're chasing, know that you will literally double, triple, whatever, 10X your income by doing more for other people. You help people solve their goals, you will reach all of yours. Oh, this is so good. And I feel like so many people listening can relate to these like arbitrary goals or numbers on a paper or clients or whatever it is. And you reach them. I literally remember the day I hit six figures as a wedding photographer. 
I remember standing in my shower, washing my hair with the same herbal essence shampoo that I had the day before and wondering like, when is the fairy godmother going to come and like snap her fingers and life is different, you know, but no, and it's wild when you reach them and then you're like, well, now what? And I think too, I want to know glow. How do you discern? Because to me, you are so in tune with your voice now these days and hearing that gentle whisper. But how did you shift from the noisiness of the world telling you what you should be and what you can be to really asking yourself, like, who am I? You know, the irony about being a travel blogger is that you travel the world in search of something, but the greatest journey is connecting the head to heart and going internally and, and figuring out, like, who am I? What am I becoming? What am I building? Like, what am I doing all of this for? There has to be some type of purpose that obviously lies outside of the monetary and financial goals we have for ourselves. Yeah. And I think for me, allowing myself to look different, be different, sound different, even as a travel blogger, I remember times where I was like, well, you know, as travel bloggers, we're paid to promote the prettiness of a place and all the yeah. surface level gorgeous stuff. But I was willing to like talk politics and talk like socioeconomics and talk about some of their issues. And that was like really touchy as a travel blogger because it's like yeah. the government of that country is paying you to go there to promote tourism, not to expose you know all of their yes. intelligence. And there's this fine line between, for me, it comes down to integrity. And I was like, I can't not not talk about this. Like, I, I have to say something. And if you find, I think diplomacy is one of the best characteristics that you can build into your identity as a business owner. And having diplomacy with respecting the place that I'm at, but then also calling out injustices when I see it. And knowing mm. that like, hey, I can still love and respect this government, this people, this country, but still call out things that I know are not okay. And yeah. I think always having that inclination inside of me to point something out and be like, something's off here. It made me stand out and it isolated me again. Again, I was ostracized. People, I, I probably was blacklisted from some brands. Like don't work with Glow because you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> you will call things out. So, and I was okay with that because yeah. I felt good. I knew I was doing what was right. And then you also have locals in that country who are like, oh my gosh, you're the first travel blogger to actually talk about this. Thank you. Thank you yes. for your voice. Like, we appreciate this. We know that you get paid to talk a certain way. So we appreciate you being honest. But one of the things about having a squirrel brain, I'll just be honest. I'm like, what was the question? <laughs> you guys are oh. getting honest glow here. <laughs> no, this is uh, squirrel. I'm like, keep it coming, squirrel. No, the question was, how do you tune into that like inner voice that's like, it's time to switch or pivot or move? Because I just feel like as women, we're taught to like stifle that voice, to shove it down or to believe that it's this negativity when sometimes it's really this inclination and instinctual communication coming through to us. And I just feel like you've gotten from what I've seen and from what I know, you've gotten so good at listening to that guidance. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that? I think accepting that criticism is going to happen no matter what. It's going to happen yeah. anyway. I think a lot of us, again, we stifle our voices because we know criticism is on the other side. Speak yeah. too loud, lower your voice. If you speak too softly, speak up louder. You know, there's never that balance that you, yeah. you can't make everyone happy. And so once I was like, you know what? I'm going to get called out for this. This isn't going to make everyone happy. I'm going to lose followers. Once I came to terms with the worst case scenario of just being me, <laughs> I was 
like, you know what? It's going to free up the good seats. Like people yes. unfollow me. It's going to free up the good seats for the people who are down for my mission, for my message, for the way that I show up in this world. And I'm not supposed to be everyone's cup of tea. You really got to like be okay with just being who you are and allowing the type of support that comes from that to be what you need and want. People are following you while you're like, diminishing yourself. Like those aren't your real friends, your real supporters. You don't want those people around you. Be your true self and the people that stay like, those are your people. That's your community. Yeah. Tell me about what it felt like when you, so you built up this career, this identity as a travel blogger. 2020 was a really big year for you and you were kind of thrust into the spotlight for something different and new How did you manage? What was that like for you? And give us a little context of that. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I had a call with my friend Austin and he said, some people try to take steps towards the stage, not realizing that they're already on it. And that's my Mm -hmm. friend Austin Ashford. And basically all this time that I was online for the last 20 years, like posting, I was already on a stage. I was already building my stage. So when I gained the 180,000 followers on Instagram in a matter of a few weeks, it wasn't too surprising because I was like, okay, well, I've always, I've needed to prepare myself for this moment, but I've always been consistent. I've always had a strong voice. I've always been a a great educator. And at the time of George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery, I also realized that there was this massive void. All of a sudden, there were a lot of people who were like coming to terms with the fact that this has been a really unfair country, really unfair society. Like, okay, I'm awake. I'm ready to change. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to do better. And then you have Black people who are just like in pain, shouting their cries, protesting, ready to be like, you know, enough is enough. We're done. We're tired. And so I saw these two communities of new allies and Black people just in pain and suffering and crying and exhausted. And there was this like gap in the middle. And I was like, man, to be a light worker, to be a bridge, to lay down a brick each day with every carousel, it's going to take a toll on me. I already know my mental health. I talked to my therapist. I was like, I feel called to just speak up, but I know that it is going to take a massive toll on me. She's like, Glo, there are very few people who have the capacity to do what you're about to do. And you're one of them. And she was like, I fully believe and see that this moment was made for you. And so I stepped up and I just like, I almost like went into this mode where I didn't even I look back on that time, like it was such a blur because I got up every day and I'm like, what does the world need? Okay, carousel here. Okay, teach on this. And that balance of like taking my own pain and my own rage, suppressing it just a little bit, just enough. (laughs) And then putting it in a digestible way to where people felt invited to learn and invited to change rather than guilted. And the thing is, because there was a lot of tone policing as well, like, oh, Glow, I appreciate that you can be delicate and soft in the way you teach. I'm like, that's not a compliment. Like, I'm so privileged to live on my own and to be financially free and and to be in a place where I can meditate and pray and only worry about myself and then come online when I'm ready to, like, you know, present and, and educate. Other people have kids, have jobs, have rage that they suppress because their bosses are white and they're not able to really speak their mind. And I was like, I was, I was in a very privileged place where I was like, I can, you know, quiet myself down just a little bit because I know if I speak just an octave too high, <laughs> those people will tune right out. So mm-hmm. it was an interesting chapter. I'm very grateful for the opportunity. I was, I was humbled by so much of it, but 
to still be in that space now. It's been such a journey. The amount of opportunities, Walmart, Target, like some of these Fortune 500 companies, hey, can we hire you for an hour to to speak to our in-house department of 300 people? And I found myself like, whoa, 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 this isn't on my vision board. <laughs> like, <I did> not, <laughs> this is not what I'm like doing this for. Like, I just genuinely want to educate. And I just genuinely want this world to do better and to know better. So yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> How do you navigate? Because I feel like, you know, your story and your example of what you've been through now, all of these shiny quote, shiny opportunities presenting, how do you keep that alignment of what your mission has become? Because I think one of the faults in entrepreneurs these days, and as that's a title you've worn since you were 11, is that we want to, or we feel this need to monetize so much where it's like, oh, there's an opportunity to take it. How have you stayed true to that mission and kind of said, you know, that might feel shiny, but it's really dull or it's not in the direction I want to go? That's such a good question. And I have so many friends and so many powerhouses that are actual diversity and inclusion, like education experts. So anytime I got like emails of like, can you talk to our employees? I would like CC my friend, forward it to my, I would like, cause I'm like, these are people that actually built careers around this. Like they are much more qualified. You might like my delivery, but you got to hear it from her. Cause she's going to yes. give it to her all. And like, that's yeah. what you're needs. So I passed off a lot of those offers. Even my Instagram now, I think the last time I checked the ratio, it's like 1% of my posts are sponsored. I turned down probably 10 a day. Like I, I know how easy it is to just get to a place where I'm like, whoa, this is like free money. Like all I got to do yeah. is oh, woo, woo, woo. like, that's great. And again, that's why it's so important to have like multiple streams of income so that you don't have to feel obligated to take posts that don't really feel aligned. But yes. I do feel around that time, a lot of brands want us to capitalize off of the publicity and feel like, okay, well, if we attach our brand to this girl who's doing the work, like, we'll, we'll get a pass. And I spotted it right away. And I can also sense the desperation in their emails. And like, tacking on another 10K is not going to flatter me. It's going to, I'm actually going to be like, wait, so that was the actual price. And now that mm-hmm. I declined, you're pulling this out of nowhere. Yes. <laughs> it was just, come you on. You can't market to marketers, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It was interesting, but I, it forced me to also go again, go internal and do that deep yes. work of like, wait, what am I building? What is needed yeah. in this world? As an entrepreneur, like what else can I be doing that is also making an impact in a way that I'm protecting my mental health, but also building something that makes a long lasting change. That was that messy middle that came out like in November. Right. That was when I feel like I took myself off autopilot came up for air. And I was like, okay, wow. Six months of posting every single day on Instagram twice a day. I'm tired. Hmm. Yes. (laughs) You know, and doing all my own content, doing all my own research, doing all that stuff myself. Like I, of course, love the, the nerd in me, love the data and like, okay, studying the analytics. This is what works. This is what people need more of. But I just was like, okay, this can't be my life though. I shouldn't, I do want to feel joy in my work. I do want to be able to feel another type of fulfillment. And I know this is needed, but how can I also bring my joy? Because I'm a really happy person. And I didn't like that these posts, these carousels, like I was becoming really sad. My Spotify playlist, all of my top 20 songs last year were all sad music. No. <laughs> and it was I was like, oh my gosh, it was a rough year. <laughs> yeah. 
Acorn TV is a streaming service rooted in British television. The series are cleverly written, visually striking, and featured renowned actors like David Tennant and Tandy Newton. You can stream on your favorite devices and for only $5.99 a month. If you're a fan of quirky British comedy, you'll love The Other One, which follows two sisters from very different worlds who had no idea the other existed until their father passes away. You know, it's an entire mood shift when I curl up on the couch. I know Coco is sleeping soundly in her room, and I can hit play on one of Acorn TV's award-winning mysteries, dramas, comedies, and more. I'm instantly transported across the pond for a cozy night of shows that I won't find anywhere else. I'm excited for the new show Keeping Faith about a lawyer with a happy marriage until her husband suddenly disappears. As Faith becomes the police's prime suspect, her search for the truth leads her to the criminal underbelly of her quiet town. Escape to Britain and beyond without leaving your seat. To try the service out and get your first 30 days for free, go to acorn.tv and use a promo code GOLDDIGGER. That's acorn.tv with promo code GOLDDIGGER to get your first 30 days for free. We're all looking for as much comfort as we can get. And if there's one piece of advice I can give you for reclaiming your comfort at the end of a long day, it's investing in a comfortable mattress with modern technology from Purple. I've learned throughout my entrepreneurial journey that you cannot pour from an empty cup and getting a great night's sleep is the key to filling up my cup. Purple is comfort reinvented. Only Purple has the grid. It's this stretchy gel material that's amazingly supportive for your back and your legs while cushioning your shoulders and your neck and your hips. And because of how it's designed, the grid doesn't trap air. Air actually circulates and flows through it so that you'll never overheat. I've seen the Purple Grid firsthand and it truly looks unlike any other mattress material. And that's the whole point. Purple's proprietary technology has been innovating comfort for over 15 years. Purple really is comfort for an uncomfortable world. Right now, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash golddigger10 and use a promo code golddigger10. That's purple.com slash golddigger and the number 10, promo code golddigger10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash golddigger10, promo code golddigger10. Terms apply. Well, I feel like there are so many seasons where people do come up for air, where it's like you kind of go into fight or flight or, you know, and I will never fully understand the weight and the gravity of what you experienced, especially being kind of thrust into this platform as as a title of something that you didn't bestow upon yourself. And so I will never fully understand that. But I think too, that no matter who's listening, there are these seasons where it's like your head is down so deep in the work or in the dream or in the doing that you like lift your eyes and you're like, where am I? And where am I going? So how did you navigate out of that? Because you've said to me before, and I love this, is that you tend to attract people that are in those middles or or that are broken and like wanting to put the pieces back together. So what did that look like for you? Yeah. And you said it perfectly. I felt like for a long time last year, I was on this moving train and I was like, wait, who's the conductor? Where are we going? going? (laughs) If I jump off, will the train keep going? Oh, it will. Okay. So I'll stay on. Yes. (laughs) It was crazy. But yes, I do love attracting people who have, I want to call it brokenness. I don't want to offend anyone, but the sort of brokenness where it's like, man, I have been through so much. I've gone through so much. I have such a deep story 
I have all these pieces on the table, but I don't know what the puzzle looks like. I'm afraid to pick up a piece and start putting it together. And I love attracting people like that because it's like, man, like let's build together. And so sometimes it takes someone on the other side of the table to say, ooh, that piece looks good. Why don't we try it here? And why don't we see what it looks like there? And going through that process together is really fun. But the messy middle, the transition Literally, that's all entrepreneurship is. There are always going to be seasons of like, you're just, you're cruising, you're on a high, oh, you have a little drop. You know, I had to remember that. I had to like remind myself that, Glow, you can't be thriving and winning like 24 seven. That's not entrepreneurship. And that's not also the character that you need to build. Like imagine how entitled I would be once like, I'm like, oh, come on. Of course, this is going to be a seven figure launch. You know who I am. I'm Glow. I'm the one that went viral. 180,000. Like, come on. I needed to be like rocked and shaken a little bit to remind myself, okay, Glow, let's slow down. Let's figure out what we actually want. Let's build in a more sustainable way. And let's, let's, let's finally delegate and hire people. I love that. I want to know, like, what is your visceral reaction to the quote that has lived on the dentist office and in the doctor's office and in the gymnasiums all around the world, the love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. How do you feel about that? Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) I think early entrepreneurial glow, I'm like, that's right. Yup. Never work a day. Like now season glow is like, uh uh-uh, there's work. You're going to work. Entrepreneurship cannot be all shiny, all fun, all glitz and glam. There has to be work involved. Again, when we talk about entitlement, like entitlement is breeds from like thinking that nothing ever has to be hard. And knowing that there's going to be hard journeys or hard parts of your journey is so important so that you have a little bit more, you you have a a realistic approach. But I genuinely believe that quote is no longer applicable to me. (laughs) What I do is work. I love what I do, but it is work. Okay. Yes. Yes. We don't claim that quote here on Gold Digger. (laughs) It's funny though, even today, it's like I tell Coco, like, mommy's going to work. Like, and it's funny because it's like you, I feel like as women and stuff, this idea of like the dream, and I love working. Like, I love what I do. And I, on seasons where I've like created a light workload, I'm like, give me more work. I'm ready to go. Like, so it is funny because it's like, it's the good work. And I think that's when you can love what you do is like when you're doing the good work, you know? 100%. 100%. Okay. So you challenged me on something that I've taught for a long time, which is the concept of starting a business on passion. Let's talk about this because I'm so excited. You are the perfect person to talk to you about this. But do you think a passion or a business built on the foundation of passion is sustainable? Let's walk through this. Gosh, what is the book? So good. They can't ignore you. Cal Newport. Mm, For anyone listening, that's the book. So good. They can't ignore you by Cal Newport because he talks directly to this point. And he said, passion alone is never sustainable. You need to have a skill set. You need to have that unique angle, that slight edge, as Jeff Olson would say, that puts you above the rest of the pack. Because at the end of the day, the Blue Ocean Strategy, guys, I'm dropping books here. Blue Ocean Strategy, W. Jan Kim. 
But your blue ocean strategy has to come from a place of like, wow, no one else is doing this. And I know that I could probably do it better than 90% of people who will try. Because it's not just about like being successful or finding out what you're good at. It's developing mastery. What can I really put my head down and be a master at? Because I am so obsessed and focused and dedicated to this work that I'm going toward the lane of mastery, which Brendan Burchard, Tony Robbins, like masters at their craft because they understand the longevity of the journey. It's not just passion for teaching people. It is like, I am so obsessed with being a master at what I do. I'm going to be doing this for as long as possible. So have you, I love this. I 100% agree. And I think too, that if you're going on passion alone, passion fades. Passion is something from day to day that can be here and gone. And so when you back yourself up with the skill set, I believe that's where the confidence comes from. So what has that looked like for you as you've shifted into this new space and you've clearly mastered and studied and been the student of what that looks like in your own way? What has that looked like in terms of your confidence as you've pivoted? Because I think so many people are pivoting right now. Yeah, my passion has always been obviously travel, adventure, storytelling. And again, that alone, like if you wake up in the morning, like, ooh, storytelling, like (laughs) one day you might just be like, I'm going back to bed because storytelling, what What story am I going to tell today? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, it's so true. And that inspiration and daily motivation doesn't just fall in your lap randomly because you have that passion. It's like, you know that you are developing a skill that is like, again, towards mastery. And you're like, okay, for me, knowing that I've always been a writer and blogging at 11 years old, that helped me like start even developing a voice. I didn't know what I was writing to or about, but I knew that at 11 years old, I'm like, this writing thing is pretty fun. And I would like do these typewriter games. I'm like, oh, let me, (laughs) but I always knew that storytelling and writing would be my passion, but the skill and the confidence really came from seeing that my work was actually making a change. My work was like helping make the world a better place. My work was helping people like get out of their own way, get unstuck, launch new businesses. Like that's what it was about for me. Well, and when you think about the skill set that you've developed from age 11 onward, even the skills that you gained from being a travel blogger, which by the way, would be a really hard career to have navigated in 2020, by the way, it's amazing because you've taken those skills and then just, it's like, I always picture like if you're looking through binocular and you just move just a few degrees and it's a totally different view, you've carried all of those skills forward into what you're doing today. hundred percent. And I actually went to college for like, as an interdisciplinary major of graphic design, photography and communications and marketing. So I literally like went to all these departments and hodgepodge, you know, what I wanted my major to be. But honestly, having all of those skill sets, no matter the industry or the lane that I was in, allowed me to be such a triple threat because these brands would come to me or these opportunities would come like, oh, we want to hire you for this. And they're like, oh, we could also, you know, she could produce the video. She could also script it. She could also design the concept. We also know she probably has a launch strategy, ideation. Like I would literally come with like six hats that they could 
normally hire six people for, they would get that with one person. So that was such an asset for me. And I knew that as well, because a lot of other people who wanted to be bloggers, maybe they were only good at just taking pretty photos and they didn't have any depth to the stories of the places that they were going to. And I just hammered home what I knew I was good at or what I knew other people weren't willing to take time to like get better at. (laughs) Oh, I love that. And I feel I relate on so many levels from being a wedding photographer where I was telling other people's stories to now creating content just of our lives and like what we're doing. And it's like funny because I'll take pictures of Coco almost every single day. And I'm like, so grateful for the gift that I learned as a photographer where I'm like, this is translating into my life and my moments and my legacy and my story. And it's so cool. I think a lot of people don't understand all that goes into that content creation process. But then when you move and pivot and even into the education space, man, what a powerful asset that is. 100%. And I have so much respect and admiration for teachers now because it does take yes. another level of patience, humility, and just the ability to something that you already know really well to like yeah. unpack and undo it as intricately as possible. Like it also makes you a master at that thing because you can know something, but having to teach it, that makes you really good at like knowing the the small details and stuff. Intricacies. I know. It's like, I remember my mom taught nursing for 30 years. And I remember the first time when I was like, mom, I'm going to create a course. And she was like, do you know how to build a curriculum? And I was like, well, not formally, but I know how to reverse engineer what I figured out. You know, and it's funny because it's so interesting when you take something that you've mastered And then look at like, where did I go wrong? Or what do I wish I would have known? (laughs) What can other people avoid that I clearly didn't avoid? What has it looked like stepping into this educator role? Because from the looks of it, you've done so, so gracefully. So how has it felt for you transitioning into this space? Yeah, you know, as someone who takes her like branding and her her (laughs) design a little bit too seriously. (laughs) Oh my God, my feed. Oh, what do I do? Design (laughs) And so I went through a couple like trial and error phases of like, okay, let's see what this looks like. Let's see how this works. And then also what feels natural to me. I started recently implementing tweets into my like feed posts because I was like, these one-liners, like, I think I'm pretty witty, you know, if I don't say so myself, you know? So I'm like, these witty one-liners and these like fun, like one punch, like, I want to put this on my feed. I'm like, how, but how can I make it visually aesthetic? Because Instagram is a visual platform. And so I use the app over and I just, you know, I started off with just like basic stock videos in the background. Then I'm like, no, why don't I implement my everyday time lapses of me building and creating? Because again, that adds that level of personalization. And I put my tweet on top of that. So people are getting like the visual and then they're also getting like the knowledgeable, like, oh, oh, it's that one, two punch. So everything that I do, I'm just always like, how can I go deeper? How can I make this more impactful? Because I don't want to just be like, I could take gorgeous pictures of my apartment and of myself, but I'm just like, I want more. Like, because I always look, I'm like, how can I make this even more valuable? I always think of like, what can I do to make this something that someone says, I'm so glad I saw this today. 
It's reminding me of the beginning of our conversation when you were 11 and not running after a title or a card because you felt other. And I feel like that is the slight edge. What would you tell somebody who's listening today and they just feel like they've never fit into a box that society tries to put them into, or they don't have a fancy title to describe who they are and what they do? What would you say? I think Gabby Bernstein said this quote, but she said, clarity comes from movement. And a lot of us want like that 2020 vision in the middle of a dark gray cloud. And it's just not going to happen like that. But you get out of that cloud and you find the light from walking through the cloud and eventually getting out. And I think, you know, it it does feel, you know, it sucks to be in that place of like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what label or title I'm supposed to be. None of this makes sense. No one can relate. Woe is me. Like queen of the pity parties. Like I love to throw them. So I'm putting my (laughs) hand up here. I get it. I understand (laughs) it. But just know that like nothing that you're going through is unique to you. Every entrepreneur goes through it. Every person has these conversations of like, wait, what am I doing anymore? So just know that like you're not alone in your struggle. You trying to figure out what you want to do, what label defines you, that's like a good problem to have. It means you probably have a lot of skill sets. Like what a great problem to have to like, oh, what do I want to do? This, this, like that's a great problem to have. (laughs) So this is so amazing. What is your advice for someone who's at that transitional stage, either in business or in life? Because like you said, I feel like we're all in the middle of something. And I feel like too, with the many hats we wear, it's not like you're going to fully arrive in all the places at the same time. It's impossible, right? We're getting on a train. We're going one spot first. So what is your advice for someone that is kind of in that middle right now? Yes, hundred percent. So I just came out of it and I always think of like Beyonce. So Beyonce's albums, when she first started going solo after Destiny's Child, she had Dangerously in Love. After that, it was like B-Day and then it was Sasha Fierce and then it was I Am and then it was Beyonce and then Homecoming. In between all of these albums, Beyonce was transitioning. And she knew that if I gave you the same Beyonce that I was at 22 with Dangerously in Love, like people might either get tired of that or they might be ready for another version of her. And so Beyonce was constantly, whether intentionally or not, reinventing herself and evolving as she got older and went through more experiences. And just know that this messy middle no matter what age or what point in your entrepreneurial journey you have it, there is so much depth and knowledge that comes from your stories and your experiences. So even though you feel like you might be starting from scratch or doing something new and different and, you know, blank slate, whatever, you have stories now, you have experiences, you have things that you can carry from your last few years to bring into this next chapter. So never feel like you're starting from like square one, like everything is a part of the journey, honor the transition. Oh, that is so powerful. That needs to be a tweetable that you put up because that's so good. And just, I think that it's a message that so many of us need to hear because I think that it's really scary to feel like you're starting new or you're starting over or, you know, you're clothing yourself in a new identity, but nothing is really brand new when you carry forward what you've learned and what you've experienced and what your mess has been. And I just, I think it's so powerful for us to remember that like, we're moving forward. We're not starting fresh. And I think that just even shifting that is like, oh, okay, I got this. I love that. And living makes you more wise. When you've gone through something, like you have story. When you read about something, it's like, oh, I have perspective. When you go through it, oh, you've got a story, girl. Okay. (laughs) 
One of the things I am most excited about this year is that I get to learn from you every single month. Thanks to our friend, Brendan Burchard. So Brendan created this platform called Growth Day and both Glow and I are on it, which honestly, I signed up as a student because I was like, I want to invest so that I show up and learn from just incredible people like you and Mel Robbins and Brendan and Dave Paulus and David Bach. There's so many incredible people on there. So talk to me about how you're feeling about this monthly coaching and what you're excited about. Brendan's so amazing. And we were gushing about him right before we started recording. Yes. Really, you know, he's been coined the godfather of personal development. And he's such a generous soul. And I've been a student of his for over two years. So it just feels like an honor to share this virtual stage with him and to be pouring into people in a different way, having a different theme every month, which confidence is our theme of February. It feels so right. And it feels so cool. And it keeps me hungry to just continue to learn and serve and study and be a student because the more I learn, the better I can teach. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited about it. And I'm, I think what I'm most excited about is that like everyone's audience is getting exposed to just different messages and different ideas. And it's like, not one person is showing up and being like, I'm the expert in this. It's like, here's my approach. Maybe you can take a piece of that. And it just feels like a way more holistic and like self-guided experience for the students, which I like, I'm just so thrilled about. I'm so excited. Yeah, same. I go on Thursday. It'll be my first time. I'm stoked. I'll be there. I'll be there live so I can cheer you on. I'm so excited. So Glow, where can everybody find you, learn from you? Tell me about what's in the works in this year for you because there are so many different things you're doing. So give us all the places to land for all the things. Yeah. So definitely Instagram is where I show up daily. So you guys can find me at Glow Graphics, G-L-O Graphics. If the you want to learn about the Ally Resource Guide, you can go to allyresourceguide.com. And that's where I have like 30 kind of self-guided ways that people can learn to be a better ally. And then for any of my other stuff about blogging or digital monetization, you can go to learnwithglow.com. Oh, Glow, I am so, so thankful for your time today. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for all the ways you show up in my life, on the internet, everywhere. I'm so excited to go through this year with you and to just continue to experience life alongside of you. Same. Thank you so much, Jenna. This is amazing. <laughs> I have to wonder how different our journeys might have been if we all had a Mr. Miranda in our lives to speak that our differences are what set us up for success and to identify as people who might be in the pursuit of the dreams where passion might ebb and flow, but they stay on the course because they are different and they're created to show up and serve in unique ways. I absolutely adore Glow and I love her story and the way that she's showing up even in the seasons of transition, the messy middle. I'm so, so thankful to be able to host conversations like this on the Gold Digger podcast. What a unique and incredible opportunity. And I'm so excited to be a student of Glow's this entire year on Growth Day. Not only do I get to teach on the platform, but I get to learn from incredible leaders and mentors just like Glow. If you want to check out more about Growth Day, you can head to growthday.com slash Jenna. That's growthday.com slash Jenna, where you can join both Glow and myself as we lead monthly trainings on all different kinds of topics, along with some incredible leaders in the personal development space. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. 
I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 